0: Welcome to the new and improved Habs Unfiltered with Less Filter. Hosted by Blaine Potvay, Matt Smith, and Treg Toxic-Wilson. We provide you, our listeners, informative, honest discussion and entertainment about the Montreal Canadiens, hockey, and sometimes bad life advice. Stick around. We will be right back with a jam-packed and entertaining episode. Do you have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed? I'm talking hairy, big, and need some support. Thankfully, our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Beluga! Did you hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. The Lawnmower 3.0. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their perfect package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both super practical and they smell great too. Plus, For a limited time, when you order the perfect package kit, you get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. The Manscaped Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs might be one of my favorite parts of this collection. The Manscaped Boxer Briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing. Plus, when your girl sees this logo, she knows she's got a real Manscaped man. Pair these bro- boxer briefs with their pH-balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver, and you're ready for anything. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Welcome to yet another episode of Habs Unfiltered. I am your host Blaine Putney. I'm joined this week by Matt Smith. Good morning. And Treg Wilson. Hey how's everyone doing? So uh, it is Christmas time. It's that time of year. Happy Hanukkah to those who follow Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy holidays to anyone I missed a holiday. Um, we are uh, we're, we don't have a ton of stuff to go over in this show um, but before we do I would like to uh, uh, dedicate the show to Master Seaman Dwayne Earle. Uh Dwayne was lost at sea off the HMCS Winnipeg uh, just recently. And as we record today, it's Saturday, the 19th of December. The Winnipeg returned home yesterday on Friday. Uh, it was a somber return because the crew came back one short. Master Seaman Earl had a family. He had a wife, children. So, um, it's just a—it's uh, just a brutal reminder that our our day jobs are not are not easy, um, and it's never easy to lose a shipmate. It's never easy to lose uh, a colleague. So um, my thoughts and prayers go out to his family and uh, my condolences to them. Uh, so. Moving on to the actual episode, uh, Matt, you have some news and notes you wanted to cover.
1: So yeah, um, we'll jump. We'll jump into um, we'll jump into Hendrick Lundqvist first. Um, this guy has been in the league forever. Um, he's been known as one of the best goalies in the league for for many years. Um, known for his stunning good looks, and um, you know, and, and and you know his suits and everything. He's a He's a great personality, and he's, he's always a positive influence on the league.
0: He's so, the Craig um, Wilson of the NHL.
1: Absolutely. He right. um, he uh, he shared some tough news. Um, I'll just kind of read a little bit of a blurb with it. It says, uh, it breaks my heart, literally, to share this news. I will not be joining the Capitals this upcoming season. After many weeks of tests and conversations with specialists around the country, it's been determined that a heart condition will prevent me from taking to the ice. Together we have decided that the risk of playing before remedying my condition is too high, so I will spend the coming months figuring out the best course of action, and it continues from there. Um, This is definitely a surprise, especially this close to the season. Um, It leaves the Capitals in a little bit of a jam, and um, personally I was really looking forward to seeing him suit up and playing alongside uh, Samsonov, and being that mentor for him, as I believe he can, he, he can grow into be a a very good uh, NHL starter. Um, also, just to have him in the locker room, I think it would have been fantastic for the team that already has a guy like Ovechkin. So, so to have two real faces of the NHL in the same locker room, I think would have been very beneficial to anybody on that team, especially uh, Washington. who was already a favorite to, um, you know, to cause some damage in their division. Um, So the question I'll ask you guys super quick, um, you know, 38 year old fan was, or 38 year old, 38 year old uh, goaltender was embraced by the fans right away. One and a half million dollars. Show me deal. This is probably going to be his last year in the league. Now it's looking like the King is more than likely going to be heading into retirement. So my question to you guys is of the free agents that are available, and there are quite a few, who do you think that they could possibly bring in um, at a last minute deal to be Samsonov's backup?
2: Uh, I would go with either Anderson or Jimmy Howard. Someone who has, uh, I mean, Jimmy Howard had a bad year last year. I think he only won one game all year uh but that's not really i don't I, th- I think you can just have that as a run, one one off there detroit with a terrible team i mean they could beat the only team they could beat was the canadians um that or anderson anderson's i think still looking to kick around for another year or two and uh be a good spot for him he's a capable starter and uh i think he'll fit well in the backup role. Uh, they could just go the no free agent way and just stick with Copley or uh one of their other guys in the minors and just see how that works out. Um, kinda go with uh I mean, if they believe that much in Sampsonov that they're they're willing to uh depends on I mean, of course if they believe that much then they wouldn't have signed Lundqvist, But uh yeah, so I'd say Anderson or or, or Jimmy Howard is
0: what I, I would go with for free agent. I, I personally think they should stick with what they have. Copley seems to be, uh, he, he'd he be, he'd be okay. Uh, I think as a backup, um, someone that they, you can't really rely on him day in, day out. Uh, I think it's time to just hand Samson off the keys. Let him drive this Ferrari, see what happens. And um, if they need a third goaltender to be part of the taxi squad, uh, they signed Zach Fugali in the off season. Now, I know that he's had his issues with the Canadians organization and his development, but I don't think he'd be an issue if he's a, you know, plays one game, maybe two in a year, like here and there. Um, I think he would be a good fit in that role, but if they were going to go for a free agent and you're looking for someone with some experience that could fill in as a backup, maybe Corey Schneider, He's looking for a new uh, a second lease on life after after the issues that he had in New Jersey so maybe he's motivated to step in play the uh, play the backup role again as he did back in in Vancouver and play 10 15 games out of a 56 game season I think he'd be a good fit there but I think I think Va- uh, I think Witt- uh, Winnipeg I think Washington is better suited to just stick to what they have
1: Okay. Um, for me, it would be Copley as well, or um, or any of the names that you guys brought up. Um, when it comes to, like, a guy like Jamie Howard, I think that he would flourish a lot more with the Caps, knowing that he's a little bit more protected defensively, and he's got some skill up front. And as Tregg alluded to, um, Detroit was an absolute, you know, they were almost as bad as the uh, – the Senators last year, right? So um, speaking of the Senators and the ex-players, uh, Anthony Duclair signed a one-year $1.7 million deal with the Florida Panthers. He's now going to be on his sixth NHL team in his young career. Um, what do you guys think of the deal? 1.7 mil for a uh, tw- guy that got, put up 23 goals last year going to Florida on a one-year show-me deal.
0: I think it's a good deal for Florida. Uh, If, if uh, he goes down there and he continues on the pace that he was on with Ottawa, then it's a friggin' steal. If he goes down there and completely shits the bed, then it's one year in in a, in a pandemic season when not much is expected of anybody. So I, I, it's a total win-win for Florida. So I don't see an issue with it for the, on their part. And for Duclair who didn't have, have an agent, which, is a mistake. Uh, I think he got himself a decent payday for one year and he's betting on himself. Um, <clears throat> for a guy
2: who scored 23 goals last year. Uh, I don't think he needs to bet on himself this year. I mean, he scored 23 goals, uh, but he, uh, he's a good spot for him in Florida. He'll get top six minutes in Florida. Whereas signing with uh, say Montreal, like a lot of people wanted him to, he wasn't going to get top six minutes. Uh, he would have ended up with on uh, the fourth line. And I don't think he was a good fit for Montreal anyway. Uh, and him signing a 1.7 million deal. I'm just bringing it up. Cause you know, people are going to get on the old Twitter verse there and go, Oh, we could have got him for 1.7, but you got to look at the lineup. Where's this guy going to fit in? He's not. And uh, you know, like, yeah, we could have signed all kinds of people, but we didn't because they don't fit into, you know, w- we don't have a spot for him on the roster. Plus, we only have $300,000 to spend. We signed him, and then you're basically getting rid of Paul Byron. So, really, what do you do when you're just replacing Paul Byron with Duclair? And to me, Byron's a better all-around hockey player than Duclair is, so I'd rather have him on the roster than Duclair.
1: So. Yeah, I'd agree 100% with, uh, with both of you. Um, I believe that um, it was a steal, definitely. You get a guy that can bring you 20 goals uh, on – the Sens and, and you can bring him in and, and play him around. Like, I doubt you're going to see him play with um, with Barkov or anything like that. But um, offensively, the uh, the Panthers have – and they have for the last little while. They, ha- they have a uh, – they've been a good team for, for a while. It's just they haven't been able to put it together. They went out, they got uh, Bobrovsky, and he had a really bad year his first year. And um, – you look at some of the names on the roster, and you you just think to yourself, this should be a better team. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what 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 comes well, of that.
2: Well, I don't think Florida got better this year.
1: No, they didn't.
2: They 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 lost Huffman. They lost Dadnoff. Uh, Dadnov uh, and they uh, what do they replace him with? Duclair and nothing, nothing really. <laughs> but, but they but
1: they have some names. They have some names. They, they have some up, talent. So they
2: got talent, but yeah even with that talent last year
1: they just
0: can't put it all together
2: they can't put it all together
0: no yeah. i think i think matt hit it though because last year they underperformed yeah it looks did they? as it, yeah they did they did Bobrovsky played like crap if he would have had a save percentage just 0.1% higher maybe it's a playoff spot like it was that big of a, that much of a, a disadvantage with that goaltending i mean they paid a fortune for him and he shit the bed. Yeah, I, so, I
2: think Bobrovsky's overrated, so I, I don't – That may be. Pers- personally, I, I think he was played well in a defensive-type system in Columbus, and his numbers showed it. And then when he went to a uh, a team that was more offensive-related, relied less on defense, he showed just where he is as a goaltender. But my point That's is, my personal opinion. That's my personal opinion.
0: But my point is, if he plays up to <clears throat> normal, average NHL starter standards – just that alone would could be enough to push this team over with their, uh, their stars playing the way they should. Everyone needs to step up. Like, you know, we did an episode where we, we talked about Montreal Canadians and there's all kinds of ifs. If this guy can do that, if this guy can do that, it's the same with every team in the NHL and Florida is no exception.
1: 100%. So moving on do really quickly, um, Alexander Steen, um, back injury. He's going to be out. Um, he's going to call it quits. Uh, Fifteen-year career, uh, thousand eighteen NHL games with the Blues and the and the um, Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: Yeah. yeah, and the good news is now they have the cap space to sign uh, sign uh, Peter Angelo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Steen had a great career. He won himself a Stanley Cup. He's he was the. Pentultimate team player, yep. and it, it's sad to see him go, but it does solve some cap issues for St. Louis.
1: Yeah, if it happens that they can maybe um, get this uh, get this resolved, um, they can probably invest that money into a guy like Hoffman, and right away you're bringing in a goal scorer that can uh, that can kind of yeah. off that can, that'll be able to offset um, the loss. And, and the thing is, like Hoffman would jump into that lineup. And, um, he would provide goal scoring to a T, you know, like the guy, the guy can put the puck in the net. It's got a shitty attitude. Apparently he's a really shitty person, but, um, yeah, he can put the puck in the net. So.
0: And with, uh, Ter- with the loss of Tarasenko again with his shoulder, yeah. He, the goals are needed there. That's right.
1: And we're getting closer and closer to that deadline. So, um, expect some of these guys to start taking, uh, a lot less than probably what they should be paid.
2: Well, the issue with Huffman right now is he wants a five and a half to six million dollar one year deal. That's not going to happen. And nobody wants to give him a one year deal at that much money. So, and no one really wants to, with the flat cap and not knowing how long this is going to be. The teams he wants to go to, I believe, can't afford to have a long term big money contract at this moment in time. So, yeah. I, I'm surprised he hasn't signed with Boston yet. To be honest with you, they have the money and they need a goal scorer. So,
0: yeah. there have been rumors.
1: Yeah. So, um, just backtrack really quick. Yes or no question uh, for both of you, and then I'll say mine. Henrik Lundqvist, Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's on the Hall of Fame.
2: Fame. Yeah. I'd,
1: I'd say I'd say so as well. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Just a just a quick stat: uh, He's sixth all time in goalie wins. Uh, just below Hendr- uh, just below Mark Andre Fleury, just above Curtis Joseph. 880, yep. 887 games played,
0: and he had a he had a really good international career as well. Yes, so.
1: yes, I believe we'll uh, I believe we'll be seeing him in the in the Hall of Fame hundred uh, percent. So moving on with uh, with news, um, the the World Juniors team Canada they announced their um, their captains their alternates. Um, Connor McDavid actually showed up on the uh, on the on the screen on the ice. And announce them, which was kind of neat, um, kind of funny at the same time because uh, the leadership group, are, are as follows: Dylan Cousins, uh, alternate captain; Bowen Byram, alternate captain; and uh, Kirby Doc, who's on loan from the uh, the Blackhawks, who eliminated McDavid and the Oilers on their home ice. <laughs>
0: that is kind of funny.
1: So it is a little bit funny. Um, but yeah, it was, it was something that we brought up on our last show and that was the, uh, those were pretty much the three guys that we talked about that we're going to get, uh, that we're going to get letters on their, on their sweaters. So yeah, it's no surprise there. And, uh, you look at this Canadian team and, um, Canada is 100% the favorite and they're the ones that everyone's going to be going after. They got 20 first round picks on their team. This is, a, this is a team that is built to win from front to back. Um, and as Craig as brought up in the last show, their only um, question mark right now is going to be their goaltending. But they are built up front, lots of first-round picks, as I said. And, I, and, and you know, first-round pick doesn't mean it's all going to come together on the ice, but what we've seen early, it's looking good. And uh, as, as we all know um, and our listeners know, Caden Gooley's on that team. He's going to be uh, paired with uh, Justin Barron, who is a first-round pick of the Colorado Avalanche. And you guys have seen Barron play quite a bit, being in Halifax. So um, I think it's going to be uh, an exciting team to watch. That's going to be a great pairing to watch, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Caden Gooley on the ice performing against uh, against some uh, some top teams in this uh, in this tournament.
2: And just bear in mind, Canada has a very easy pool, so uh, they do. Yes, so their crossover not, will be difficult. The, it, it's the crossover where you're going to see how well, how good the Canadian team really is.
1: Yeah. So um, their their big matchup is going to be against against the Finns in their in their group. However, their crossover is going to be against one of the Czechs, the Russians, the Swedes, and the Americans. So it's, um, as soon as they do their crossover, it's not going to be easy.
0: It's like a preseason. Their, their round robin is going to be like a preseason. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, and if they fail in the round robin, then we obviously see how that kind of went to shit. So absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) They they should, uh, Finland should be the only team that may give them a hard time.
1: Yeah. But speaking of that, though, um, one more thing until, uh, we jump on to outside of the news. Um, the German team, uh, eight, uh, eight positive tests within the bubble. So that's going to throw off, um, and the, and the Swedes had a couple more as well, but it's inside the bubble. So they're going to press on, they're going to be looked after in the bubble. They're going to be able to play as long as they come back negative and, um, The only thing that it's doing right now is throwing off the pre-schedule. So their exhibition games aren't going to happen. Everybody else's are going to get shuffled around. As of right now, uh, as we record Saturday the 19th, I believe in Monday, Team Canada is supposed to play the Swedes in a pre-tournament game. So um, so right now it, it looks like um, Germany most likely is going to hit the ground running and jump right into the tournament. And their first their first game is against the Canadians on Boxing Day. So it's going to be a trial by, fi- trial by fire for them. Canada's already going to have um, at least an exhibition game in against a, a pretty good team. And they've already been practicing together while the Germans haven't been able to do so. And um, this, uh, the Swedes the other day, they used their team doctor to, uh, to lead their group on the ice because they've still got guys in quarantine as well, and they're without their original coach due to COVID.
0: Well, the one, the one silver lining here um, for teams like Austria and Germany who would normally be facing some kind of a relegation, and, and that, is, that is a legitimate concern for a team missing eight of its players, Um, is that there's no Division II World Championship in the juniors this year. So there will be no relegation. So these teams don't need to concern themselves with that. Just try and get healthy as best they can and play. If they can't play because everybody's sick, then they don't play. Um, It sucks. And I, I know there's a big argument about why are we worried about hockey when there's so many other things to be worried about? But uh, I, I'd rather be worried about hockey than worry about the other crap. This is just, it's more controllable here. Yes. So uh, at least they don't have to worry about relegation. So go out and do your best. That's best I can say.
2: Okay.
0: So I guess so uh, do. you want you want to,
1: Go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> so, do you, okay, so we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll change gears. We're gonna go uh, right into that return to play. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll start discussing the upcoming NHL season. So the, uh, the NHL season is due to start on the 13th of January with uh, training camps starting around the third. Uh, the seven teams that didn't participate in the return to play playoffs last season will be allowed to start their training camps a little earlier. Um, there's going to be 56 games, the playoff formats decided. Uh, I kind of like it. So it's kind of like a throwback. I, I mentioned it on Twitter yesterday. It's a, it's kind of a throwback to the old Chuck Norris division era, where, you know, you've within your own division before you move on. So, um, i uh trey why don't you get get us started with your first point on that return to play
2: uh okay yeah just to bring it up uh the it's going to be new year's eve that the other teams get to start so the 31st uh the season will end on may 8th with the stanley cup being awarded the first week of july assuming every game goes to this every series goes to distance um i kind of like the throwback i kind of miss the old days of uh one versus four, the old uh, Montreal versus Hartford in the first round uh, before they went on to play Boston or or Buffalo or whoever. Uh, the only question to this that remains, like everything's pretty much agreed on between the NHL and NHLPA. Uh, it's just a matter of what's going to happen with the Canadian teams and whether or not they're going to play in Canada or in the United States. Uh, if they play in the United States, they're going to have to redo the alignment depending on where they're playing. And if they don't, then uh, um, they'll play in their Canadian division or whatever. Um, now, my question is, and I'm looking at uh, uh, Frank Siravelli's Cer- article, which breaks it down into detail, all six points that uh, whatever it is. Are they playing outside their divisions is what I'm, I'm trying to figure out. It, no. I, I can't I, – I assume they're playing within the division, but nothing says in his little write-up or his article here on TSN whether that's happening or not. So so the I Canadian think,
0: division – if the Canadian division happens within Canada, uh, they can only play, the, uh, play each other. Correct. So, but I'm, I'm the rest concerned. of the league was supposed to follow
2: suit. Uh, I, that's what I assume, but now if Canada moves to the States – then that opens it up to a whole different schedule. Yeah,
1: there'll be so there'll be realignment again, yeah.
2: yeah. Realignment, but it also opens it up so that you don't have to play within the divisions either. Yeah. So uh I know their whole plan was to cut down travel and cut down uh distance. That's what with the realignment was done uh for the teams. But I'm I'm assuming that was in in the retrospect that they weren't gonna play outside their divisions. So I mean this Canada thing could push the NHL starting back a whole other month because if you really think about it, they're really going to have to redo the entire schedule if they move. First of all, the Canadian teams got to find places to play. That's the first thing that they got to do. Yes. Then Edmonton, they got to move. Then Edmonton, they got to move everybody there.
1: Yeah, Edmonton's being looked at right now, and so strong
2: Toronto. Yeah, as as bubble. Yes, as bubble. Let's yeah. see, our players going to want to play a fifty-six. Like, how's that bubble going to no. work? There's yeah. too many. There's too many logistics. Uh, if this Canada thing doesn't work
0: out, there's too many logistics for the season to start on January 13th. Well, yeah. keep in mind also, it's not just the Canadian teams that are having these issues. Uh, there's there's a in San Jose, they can't even start their season there. <clears throat> they're they're doing their training camp in Arizona, so the Sharks have to go to Arizona for their training camp, and the, their home games may end up being in Phoenix as well because but isn't there's San Jose. Say issue
2: something to do with They're, something totally different. No, the it's the local the go- area or something. The local government is not allowing ah, large gotcha, groups. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I know they have another issue with their stadium as well, with some kind of local development going on around there,
0: or It's something. more. It's more the governmental, yeah. you know, large groupings and yeah. sporting events and that kind of thing are not allowed in that area. No, and I'm not trying to throw a whole wrench
2: in everybody's NHL starting soon plans. I'm just saying if the federal and municipal and uh, provincial governments don't get together and say, we will allow the NHL to have hockey, uh, which is going to be another whole snowball effect outside the NHL, because then all the minor league systems are going to say, well, why can't we have hockey? Uh,
0: Well, the minor league systems have already started up. So uh, like minor hockey, uh, they're coming back uh, here in Nova Scotia. They start on Monday. So, Quebec's
2: not. Quebec's not having any minor hockey starting.
0: Not until the new year.
2: Well, they're going to look at it in the new year.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that's exactly. what I
2: mean. So if they say, "Yep, yeah, Montreal can play hockey," yet they haven't started the minor hockey in Quebec, then all the minor hockey leagues in Quebec are going to be like, "What the hell?" Like, you know.
0: I agree. they everyone's going to say, "What about me? What about me?" Yeah, it's yeah. it's that's the that's always the way in society. So so
2: it, I think that's the I think right then and there is what's breathing down the government's neck. But at the same time,
0: this is a form of entertainment and it's a form to return to normal, something for people to look forward to. So the, uh, the social value is higher on this based solely on that. So I can see it being approved, uh, based on specific rules being followed. But, uh, and, and as someone who coaches minor hockey and you know, loves going to the sun's games. I, I understand the whole minor hockey side and would wish everything could come back, but reality is there's money involved in this. So we all know how things work in the real world and it's not, it's not about being equal. There's cash involved.
1: So you guys want to hit the next, uh, Hit the next uh, bullet there, the next uh, bullet on the, uh, well, what is on it? the Valley article.
0: What's the next
2: bullet? I skipped some bullets there, so I don't know what bullet we're on.
1: Okay, I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> you know, what? I'll just, uh, I'll just jump right to the top, and uh, and then we'll just, we'll just go from there. Uh, so the NHL players will be play, paid 72% of their published salaries in 2020, 2021. 20, 20, 20, 20% will be taken off the top to repay owners for the revenue shortfall that players collected more than their allotted 50-50 share. Then another 10% of the 80% remaining will be deferred to be repa- repaid beginning three years later in installments.
0: So if there's an NHL player out there that wants to recoup some of their losses and wants to advertise Habs unfiltered, we'll buy a name bar and throw it on the back <laughs> of the jersey.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, well, for now, it's going to be on a helmet. We'll be on a helmet.
2: Yeah. Either Done. way. Blaine will wear a helmet. He's used to wearing helmets anyway.
1: Victor Victor Mete, we would like to sponsor you. Uh, I I
2: want the Victor Mete sponsorship. I'll put Mete (laughs) on my forehead.
1: Uh, Players may choose to opt out from the 2020-21 season if he or an immediate family member is considered part of a certain high-risk category. Any player who chooses to opt out will not be paid, and his team holds the option of tolling or carrying over his contract for one more year. Trey, do you want to get into that quick?
2: Uh, So basically what happens there is uh, if a player opts out, the team has the option to move his contract over a year or claim that, yeah, we'll burn that one year of his contract. So if you have a player, say like Thomas Tatar, who decides that I'm not playing this season for whatever reason, I'll start a rumor my wife's pregnant and I don't want to, you know, uh, risk any of that. Montreal can say, all right, well, at the end of the year, you're not going to be a free agent. You're the year we're going to take this year's contract and move it over one year, which would benefit the Habs. If you really think about it, but in uh, some ways,
0: you got to some... also keep in mind the expansion draft is coming up at the end of this season. So Correct. there's a major impact on that as well.
2: Yeah. So that means you would have to, if that's the guy you want to keep, you'd have to protect him and have someone else unprotected. Uh, now, if you have a long contract, that's i uh, I'll say Shea Weber, because he has a long contract that's going on, that's part of the old contract systems, and you want to burn a year of that contract, then you can just say, you know, Weber, you're opting out, but we're going to burn this year of your contract and say it was used. That way we're not tacking on another year at the end of your contract. So that's how that works. I don't know if I explained that uh, well enough. But Blaine, you made a good point with the expansion league coming in next year. Do you really – if he's going to be a free agent, do you really want to, you
0: know – And Uh, this could be another way to circumvent the cap. Uh, Some ownership groups might see it as a way of, you know, they've got players that, you know, weren't going to play anyway. Maybe they can convince them to take this year off. That doesn't count against their cap. They don't have to pay the guy. It burns a year and they give a little wink and a nudge to uh, hire him on for something else in the meantime. So it, it could be a way for some teams to get rid of contracts
2: especially when they're like someone like uh, Vegas or uh uh guys like that who are close to the cap space they can sit there and say hey whoever
0: yeah it's like a different <laughs> are- kind of Robida Island
2: yeah it's the Jeffrey Loophole loophole ooh <laughs> <laughs> We're
0: gonna ski down that hill are we yeah. so, so, so speaking Hey-o. of
1: they're so speaking of money um Next point, rosters will be capped at the usual 23-man roster with an $81.5 million salary cap. Each team will be permitted to carry four to six taxi squad, which includes a mandatory third goaltender. And all 29 at-max players will practice and travel with the team. And I'll... uh, I'll go into the next point as I kind of go together. For all salary cap intents and purposes, the taxi squad will be treated like the American hockey league. Players will require waivers to be sent down to the taxi squad from the active roster. Players on the taxi squad will also be paid an AHL salary if playing on a two way contract. So this is going to be weird. So if you take a guy and put him on waivers and he gets picked up, that's a whole new goddamn life for him now because he's going to have to go through quite the debacle to get to his other team.
0: And But uh, I, I know that this, this could happen, but the likelihood of it happening, especially for the Canadian-based teams, if we remain in Canada, so if they remain in Canada, I doubt that there's going to be many people wasting a waiver pickup on a guy that has to – cross borders and go through isolation purposes and by the time that player is available to them they have to be put onto the NHL roster because we're following the same rules so now you have to wait two to three weeks before that person's available to you and you have to add them to your roster what good is that like you have an opening for someone right now that's where the taxi squads are going to kick in yeah so I don't see I, I don't expect to have anyone picked up
2: Although I will say the NHL has said there will be trading between the divisions and the teams. You can it'll trade be allowed. You can
0: move players. It'll
2: be allowed. Uh, but you're, you're right. Like if we're sending down Victor Mete, say, and someone wants to pick him up on waivers, it's going to take him almost three weeks before you can even play a game with them. So, and judging by the way the schedule goes, that could be 12 games. So half a
0: season almost. Yeah. <laughs> like, but wow.
2: if, if you really think about it. Yeah, it's it's a quarter of a season. Twelve games yeah. is almost a quarter of a season. So uh what's the you're you're absolutely right. What's the point? So I, I, I think you're right. I don't think players unless it's within the same division. You know, because yeah. I guess you can treat the divisions similar to bubbles, I guess. So if Montreal sent Mete down and Calgary really needed a defenseman, maybe. But uh
0: well, I any American-based teams. So the teams in the three, di- the other three divisions, I can see trades mm. and waivers down there. But when it comes time to grab someone off a Canadian team, or for a Canadian team to pick up one of the players down in the other three divisions, I can't see it happening. Not unless, if for whatever reason this whole Canadian division thing doesn't happen, and all the all the teams are in the states, then yeah, sure, it opens it up. But right now, the the expectation is a Canadian division in Canada, I can't see it.
1: So quick question to you guys. With this taxi squad, they'll be able to carry four to six players. One of those needs to be a goaltender. So I guess we can say it's probably going to be Charlie Lindgren. Yep. More than likely.
2: I think it will depend on if the AHL has a season. If the AHL is not going to have a season, then I think it's going to be Caden Primo, just so he can get the practices and the work in.
1: I would say so too. I would say so too. However, the AHL
0: is going to have a season. If the
1: AHL has a season, do you pluck your top talent out of the AHL to be on the taxi squad, or do you stay? Do you keep them in the AHL?
2: Lindgren or Demchenko? That's what I would go with. What about
1: what about for forwards?
0: Well, then you're looking at the older players, guys like Belzil. Those types mm-hmm. of players, the guys that you're not trying to develop. Okay. So yeah, it's those types of players I would expect to see on taxi squads across the NHL. Yeah.
2: Blandissey, Bazil, Lucchini, Ulet. Uh, yeah. Uh, those kinds of players. Yeah. Those type of players. Brandon
1: Batic probably be on. Brandon Batic. Yeah.
0: Like guys Is who. He, well, he's isn't he on an AHL only deal?
1: Nope. No, oh, he's on a he's on an AHL deal.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I would see guys like that as opposed to maybe Ryan Paling will be on the taxi squad. Doubt it. But Doubt I, it. I, I agree. Uh, but you, you're going to see those because you want Paling, you want Brooke, you want Fleury, you want yeah. all these Poehling's guys. Paling's either
1: going to the AHL or he's going to be part of the 23 man roster.
2: Correct. Yeah. Which hopefully he goes to the AHL because uh, it's like Brian Waldo. He says you need the puck on your stick, and him playing on the bottom the fourth line for Montreal isn't putting the puck on a stick. So yeah. although the fourth line this year is going to be a hell of a lot better than what the fourth line was last year. So yeah. who yeah. knows? Maybe. Yeah,
0: 100%. That should make Habs fans super happy because they love fourth lines. Wow. <laughs>
2: so,
1: uh, so all of this, uh, all of this talk, it's great to be able to talk hockey and to be able to have a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, but all of this is, of course, is going to be pending, uh, provincial health approval. And, um, really seeing what happens over the Christmas holidays. If um, cases start blowing up and people aren't in people aren't set into their bubbles and their quarantine and everything like that, we're going to see wrenches thrown into this. So um, I would love to see a Canadian division. I think it would make for uh, some really good, uh, some really good hockey. I think it would make for some really good discussions between fans but we'll see what happens. Like I I would love to be able to say there's going to be a season. It's looking very good, but I'm not going to start, uh, you know, getting my hopes up as of right now until I see the pop drop for the first game.
0: Same here. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Um, my, I, I'm, I'm just hoping that it happens because I'm going to be on holidays. Finally starting January 1st nope. and I'm going to, t- I'm going to take, I can take up to three months and I'm thinking I might just do it just so I can stay. Nope, home and watch they're canceling
2: it all until you retire.
0: Then I retire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so um, I think it's been a good show. It's been, you know, we said this in the start, this was going to be more of a news and a look into the season, more or uh, more or less, not really um, Canadian specific as what we would normally do. Um, I th- so I think we'll end it there. Uh, before we before we go though there's there's two things I want to bring up. Um, first of all, I, I want to thank everyone for, uh, for following us and for uh, listening to our show and engaging with us on Twitter etc. We wouldn't be here without you guys and your support and um, with that, Um, Christmas is one of those times of the year that uh, can be very, very difficult on people and and difficult on families, and um, especially this year. Um, I'm I'm, going to be one of these people. Um, I'm going to be unable to see any member of my family for Christmas. Uh, I'll be working over the holidays, and I can see it in some of the young guys already that I work with that um, it's going to be a challenge. And I don't want to scare anybody by saying this. However, um, things like this do happen, especially over holidays. So I just want to throw out the um, Canadian Suicide Prevention Service line. Um, The number is uh, 833-456-4566. They they have... um, English and French services available. Uh, They're available 24-7, 365 days a year. And for any of our military members that are listening, um, we have the Canadian Forces Member Assistance Program, which is uh, just for the military. And that number is 1-800-268-7708. So um, another another line that's staffed 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, fully bilingual counselor, uh, they will help you out if need be. So um, I, I, you know, I, I don't really want to bring this uh, dark subject into the show, but it's uh, it's, it's it's very important. Um, we've had uh, we've had members um, over the last couple of years commit suicide um, in and around the Christmas break, and um, fuck if uh, somebody's listening to the show right now and uh, has any of those thoughts in their head, and then can hear something like this and get help on a fucking show about the Canadians, the three guys just bantering back and forth and it, it helps uh, save a life or save a family member, then a hundred percent, um, it's, it's, well worth bringing this up.
0: I agree.
2: Well said.
1: So I'll let, uh, Blaine, would you like to, uh, to end the show? <laughs> well, if you guys have anything up. else to, uh, to add on. I just want to say
2: this is our last show till Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. I don't think we're going to do a show, another show before Christmas. I'm not sure. Um we'll see. It's in six days. so I will see. Uh, <laughs> um, so enjoy the World Junior. I'm going to try to lighten it up a bit after that uh, important message, Matt. Not trying to drag everyone down, but it was an important message. Uh, have a good World Junior. Let's hope hockey gets back on January 13th. And uh just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and good holidays and uh my DMs are open if anyone needs to uh chat or say hi or whatever. What's
0: that I'll be sliding into your DMs later there, Treg. Um you always do. I do. Uh I'd like to wish a Merry Christmas to everyone as well. Um and I mean, despite the fact that we can't travel and go visit family, we, we do live in communities and I found that my in my local area, they've been very supportive, they've been helpful. Uh, I'm sure it's the same across this country and I can only wish everyone a Merry Christmas and take care of your take care of yourselves and your neighbors. So thank you for listening and we will see you again next episode. Are you in the market? here at Habs Unfiltered would like to thank you, all of our listeners, old and new, for tuning in. Please click subscribe so that you never miss an episode of all of our shenanigans. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. and at naturalmanpodcast.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free.